0: Uh, This coming Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, and so I thought I would speak on the subject, hosting the Holy Spirit, hosting the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to the book of Acts, if you would. We're going to read Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 and 8, and then Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift, he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Chapter 2, verse 1, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Hosting the Holy Spirit the definition of hosting is one who receives and entertains guests. And for our purpose tonight, I want to expand on that, and that is to say, uh, we receive, we make people feel at home, if you please. We make them feel appreciated and valued. We make them feel comfortable. And in that context, my wife is the hostess with the mostest. Stand up there and give a good smile. Amen. Uh, she can set a table, uh, put the candles on, the uh, centerpiece, uh, the music, and and everything is just right. She can cook a meal like you wouldn't believe, and we have done this since day one in our marriage. When we got married um, 53 years ago, I was in the Navy, uh, and uh, we had sailors over constantly for the purpose of the gospel. It was easy to share with them about Christ. And we have them in our home. Our first Thanksgiving we were married, we had a house full of sailors. And it's easy to talk about Uh, spiritual things because it's Thanksgiving you're supposed to be thankful Um, and so this has been a tradition in our whole life Uh, every time we took a new church went to a new ministry we asked the Lord to help us to zero in on people that we could host that we could share our vision with um, uh, that would become partners with us in ministry Um, and tonight what I want to do is take hosting in the natural um, and uh, as a testimony in a ministry setting, and then I want to compare it, I want to parallel it with hosting the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, I want you to think about uh, what we, what we should be doing in terms of hosting the Holy Spirit. While pastoring uh, in 2000 uh, to 2006 in Ramstein, Germany, we pastored a great military church there. Um, a couple came to us from another base. Uh, all the way over the other side of Germany, almost against the Czech border in Graffenveer Vilsack. And they came to us, and they enjoyed the first service so much. I'll never forget it. We have services like we have here at Celebration. Holy Spirit was moving in a powerful way, wonderful worship. And after that service, after the altar call, they came to us, and they said, uh, Pastor, we so much enjoyed the service with tears. But, uh, but they said, in, in Vilsack and Grafenvere, where we just came from, that big army base, there's no full gospel. There's no spirit-filled fellowship. And they had such a burden for their friends that they left back there. And at that moment, God dropped in our heart that one day we were going to go there and we were going to pioneer a spirit-filled Fellowship. Well, we were ready to go almost immediately, but it took us four years until we got a green light. How many know that God's ways are not our ways? His timing is not always our timing, isn't that right? Four years, but we were paving our way in prayer. We were proactive in prayer, and we were laying down a prayer that would open doors later on when we went. So, in 2010, we went to to where we took. Ten thousand dollars out of our own personal savings, and and we ended up in Grafenwehr, Germany. Grafenweer slash Vilseck because it's two German towns where there's this huge army base. And we didn't know anyone there. We didn't know one single soul. But it was amazing how just in a few days, because I believe we'd paved our way in prayer, just in a few days we had an apartment. This apartment was a wonderful little place. And it was in a quaint German town with cobblestone streets. You had to drive through an archway to get in the middle of town, um, all kinds of flowers and fountains and Metzgeries and beckerais and all kinds of good stuff uh, that they have in Germany, <laughs> and it, it was just a wonderful place. God put it all together. We had we got furniture in a matter of a few days. So we got an automobile and registered our car, and in Germany you have to register uh, with the police uh, uh, because they want to know who's living where and so on and so forth, and all of these things just, just went real quickly. And I can't tell you, I can't go into detail about how God answered prayer, but I will say this. If heaven's interests are at stake, then heaven's resources can be relied upon. If you do something for God, you do it with the right attitude and the right motive, you can be sure that heaven's resources can be relied upon. If you want to be a soul winner, I'll guarantee your friends, you can always have the help of the Holy Spirit. You want to be a soul winner, you can rely on the help of the Holy Spirit to come along and help you to do what you want to do for God. Jesus put it just a little bit different in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you. I want to tell you something, friends. We need to seek first the That's the problem today with so many Christians. They're saved but miserable because they're seeking things and things have occupied their life and the kingdom of God is in some ethereal realm somewhere in some distant future if you please. We need to seek first the kingdom and then all these things will be added unto us. And what I want to do tonight is take two hosting situations in the natural and then I want to parallel them uh, them with the Holy Spirit, with hosting the Holy Spirit. Um, Lloyd and Dolores, when we came uh, to Grafenvere, we went to the chapel, um, and we'd ask God. We'd lay down a lot of prayer. We'd been proactive in prayer. God, lead us to people that will partner with us in ministry. Um, and this couple just stood out to us. We didn't know them before, had never met them, but we had them in our home, huh, and we hosted them. Um, and we turn on all the hosting uh experience and and expertise that my wife has and, uh, and we shared our our vision with them we shared that we're we'd come there to start a spirit-filled fellowship um, we had wonderful prayer times together we prayed with them over some family needs that they had um, and there was a bonding that went on in that particular situation um, and uh, also, the second couple that I want to share is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Chaplain Paul Lashley. Yeah. At that time, he was the chaplain over all the chaplains in that area. And God directed us to talk to him and say, we want to start a spirit-filled chapel, or not a chapel, of fellowship. And you know, he he could have stiff-armed us, but he welcomed us. He was a wonderful, God-fearing, precious man, a Baptist chaplain that invited us, if you please, and partnered with us. And so we hosted him in our home. He and his precious wife and children have three children. We not only hosted them and prayed with them, but we babysat so they could have a night out on a date. We did that several times. Not only that, we went to the, uh, their home, and, and she always had a long list of things for me to do. You know, I'd fix the bunk bed. I'd hang the fan. I'd build a shelf. I'd do a little painting over there, hang pictures. But we put an effort into hosting them and letting them know that they were appreciated and valued. The cost of hosting the Holy Spirit. Number one time... Time It takes time if we're going to host the Holy Spirit. It takes time if we're going to host someone in the natural, if you please. We have to put time and effort into it. Look at the people in the upper room. Ten days. They took ten days. I'm sure they were a cross-section of the society of their day. They had kids. They had businesses. They had all kinds of other things to do. But Jesus said, go in, in the upper room until the Holy Spirit comes. And so they took ten days of time, if you please. Uh, uh, Picture uh, a water glass in, in this hand and a pitcher of water in this hand, and uh, this is, I, w- I want to put some water in this glass, but the glass keeps moving around. It just, it just won't stand still, and and you just see, God wants to fill us full of the Holy Ghost. He wants to fill us to overflow, but we keep moving around. We don't have time. We always are moving. We're chasing the urgent instead of attending to the important. And the first thing, if we're going to host the Holy Spirit, we need to take Make time. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. The first thing is time, if you please. Make time. Our pastor says it, says it a lot. He said, you don't have time. Make time and invest that time in your spiritual life. Secondly, they had determination. They developed a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. They stayed. And I'm sure it wasn't easy for one day, two days, five days, six days. They didn't know when the Holy Ghost was going to come, but they had a determination. Peter said in Acts 5, verse number 32, he said, God gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey Him. I don't know exactly what went on in the upper room, but I'm sure the Holy Spirit was speaking to hearts. I'm sure there was some forgiveness that needed to be done. There were some things about holiness that needed to be corrected. There was all kinds of dealings going on, dynamics going on in that upper room. But in that context, uh, the Holy Ghost was dealing with them. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5 19 says, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Um, don't stiff on the Holy Spirit. The opposite of that is to invite the Holy Spirit into our life to do His work, if you please. Um, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be just resident, He wants to be president. <laughs> he doesn't want to just be a uh, reside he wants to preside in our life and if we will be obedient to the holy spirit take time be obedient to the holy spirit sensitive to the holy spirit we will Reap the benefits of hosting the Holy Ghost. We had a young lady saved when we were pastoring in New Jersey, and she was a candidate to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But somehow she just wasn't getting through. Somehow she just wasn't moving along. And so she she told me later on. She said I was driving my car, and 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 all of a sudden, because I was so hungry for God, she said. I confessed my besetting sin. I just confessed it to the Lord. I made a commitment about that thing that was holding me back. The Bible says, lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset you and run with patience the race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. And so she said, I, 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 I confess that. And she said, all of a sudden, the, my car was full of the presence of God. Um, she said, just as quick as I could, I pulled over the side of the road. And she said, immediately when I put it in park, um, I was speaking in another language. Um, I burst forth speaking in, in in tongues in a heavenly language. Um, and the reason I remember this um, is because uh, she came immediately to our house, um, and I opened up the door, um, and she was so excited, so ecstatic about receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, um, uh, and she. Wanted Wanted to tell me about it, but all she could do was speak in other tongues. She was so excited. It took several minutes before she could explain to me exactly what happened. And so they took time, and they were determined. If you please, that, you know, the consequences of hosting the Holy Spirit. Okay, first in the natural, the consequences of hosting in the natural. Lloyd and Dolores, the first couple I talked to you about. He was a school teacher had been in Germany for 30 years, a professional man, and he had taught the children of our soldiers and airmen for 30 years in Germany, and they became tremendous partners in ministry with us. First of all, before we started our fellowship, we went door to door, door to door to door to door, hundreds of homes that we went one by one, and as two couples, they we take that side of the street. We take this side of the street, and we were determined to hit, hit every house um, in that area. They were workers with us, if you please. When we started our fellowship, um, she took charge of having the after-service uh, um, snacks, uh, which sometimes turned into whole meals, um, and uh, they would pay for it all. Um, uh, he would—he was my head usher, um, and he would count the money. Um, and in the in a, a chapel setting, uh, uh, money has to be meticulous counted. You may have two or three different forms of currency. Every nickel, every dime uh, had to be exactly written down, so many dimes, so many, and, and, and then they had to call an armed guard uh, to come and pick it up, and he would meticulously take care of everything that needed to be taken care of. I don't think the offerings were worth all that, uh, but anyway, that's what had to be done. He became our right-hand people. Uh, they became our right hand people. We we partnered in ministry together. Uh, there, there was all kinds of, of wonderful things that went on in this partnering, if you please. First of all, we hosted them. We invested in them. We shared our vision with them, and then we began to have the consequences of hosting, if you please. And on, a, on a more uh, personal level, um, uh, Lloyd was an avid cyclist. He had bicycles. I'm telling you, he had a long recumbent bike. He had a three-wheel bike. They these things cost thousands of dollars. Now, I had never even, as an adult, even owned a bike. All my kids, of course, had bikes and grandkids, and I taught most of them how to ride bikes. But for me personally, I didn't ride a bike. And so he brought into my life a new dimension, bike riding. And we'd go on these long 100-mile hundred, uh, hundred trips, and we'd camp out overnight. And it was a new dimension in my life that was brought in because we hosted them, if you please. Now the chapel, Chaplain Lastly, one of the first things that he did for us, I'm talking about the consequences of hosting um, is that he got us uh, a pass, United States Army um, pass, an uh, installation pass. Um, he got us this pass. He jumped through uh, this pass, um, you know, complete with ugly picture, <laughs> You ugly mugshot, if you please. I won't pass it around because I don't want to scare you. But anyway, um, the only redeeming grace of this pass is my wife had me put on a suit. The suit looks pretty good, if you please. The first thing is that uh, he got uh, us a pass, and that pass allowed us to go in, and we he signed us up for the mess hall. I want to tell you something. That mess hall was anything but a mess. It had You could have two or three meats. You had unlimited salad bar. You had unlimited food, period, dessert and all. It was like we died and went to heaven, and all of that for $4.25 apiece. Don't you know we ate at the mess hall a whole bunch. Well, secondly, he got us a key to the chapel. He was a chief chaplain, so he gave us a key to a beautiful chapel—a chapel in the round, about this size. It was complete with all the PA equipment, the, the, the piano, the, the organ, drums, a wonderful fellowship hall. We had access to the staff and in, in the office, and he just opened. Up all kinds of doors for us um, beautiful spirited chaplain um, and also um, he gave us the uh uh, the girl had to have our bulletins printed. And our daughter who goes here to church, uh, uh, she would uh, make up a cut and paste to make up a beautiful colored bulletin. Uh, she'd send it over to Germany. We'd print it off. And, and we would come to the chapel staff and we say, I, want, I need X number of these. Beautiful color. We had the only color bulletin in the whole chapel system, if you please. People look at that and say, wow, that is really nice. It was wonderful, if you please. And also, what he, would do, he did for us is he opened up the doors to where we could have the German young people from German churches in the area. We visited German churches in the area, and we contacted several worship teams, precious young German people. They would come and they would lead our worship. They knew the song, the songs, and all the rest of it all much better than I did. And they could say, beautifully. He he not only invited them to come and made sure they could come on the base, but he paid them. He paid them $200 of service. Nobody was paying us, but he paid them $200 of service. I want to tell you I'm talking about the consequences of hosting, if you please, that came back. Uh, Not only that, uh, he he would have memorial services. And on a somber note, um, during that time, 2010, 11. We were losing a lot of our soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. And every soldier, every fallen soldier that was from that area, he would hold a memorial service for. And in that context we would come and he'd say I want you to come and pray. I want you to come and pray. And, and, and he just would uh, insist that we would come and pray. And we'd sit there and we'd pray. We'd pray in the Holy Ghost. We'd pray in the Spirit. We weren't bothering anybody, but we'd pray. And he would preach a powerful message, if you please, on the other end of that spectrum, when the troops came home, and they marched them into that into that chapel or into that gym, they hadn't they'd seen the family in a year. They were in harm's way. And so the kids and the, and, the, and the families were there, and they'd turn them loose. And the kids would run out and hug daddy and mommy. It was a wonderful time. Well, our job was to, uh, to minister to the single soldiers. Had no one. To, uh, to uh, welcome them home, and we would go and, and we would just uh, minister to them and on a more personal note, when the chaplain left we he gave me his BMW. Now, this was not a pristine car, friends. It was an old beater. The B in the BMW stood for beater in that car. But I loved that car. For number one, it was stick shift. Number two, it had a roar to the exhaust. And it was kind of like the hot rod I never had, you know? And you know what in Germany, in Germany, there are long stretches of autobahn that you can go on that the only speed limit There is uh, is how fast your car will go. Um, When your car tops out, that's your speed limit, if you please. Uh, I have driven mile after mile, 165 miles an hour. That was the speed limit of the car I was driving, Um, and uh, and and even though I was driving that fast, uh, there'd be cars hooting past me and the the wind would just rock my car. (laughs) Talk about new adventures, folks. Um, I think this, I just had a brainstorm. I think this church ought to get together uh, and send Pastor Frankie and his dear wife to Germany um, and at least for one day rent him a Porsche. (laughs) Ah, He could go 200 miles an hour legally, legally. I think it would be nice to do that if you please. Well, maybe I'm meddling. But anyway. I want to uh, go on to uh, the benefits not only of hosting in the natural, but the benefits of hosting the Holy Spirit. Um, It brings new horizons in your life, new adventures in your life. And the receiving of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, will change your life, if you please. Um, It'll put a spark in you. It'll put a spring in your step. It'll put a joy in your soul. Uh, Now, I want you to know, and I read the Scripture a moment ago in Acts chapter. Chapter one and verse number 4 Jesus talked about the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Now I believe that Jesus had a big smile on his face when he said I want you to go in the upper room and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe that because when we give a gift that we know is going to be beneficial, that we know they're going to be it's going to be welcomed and it's going to be received and it's going to be appreciated. What do we do? We smile when we say, here's a gift for you. And that's, I believe, Jesus was excited about. We have a lot of somber pictures of Jesus, but I believe that he smiled a whole bunch. Kids love Jesus, and they don't, you, they don't gyrate to some old sourpuss. And I believe that Jesus smiled a whole bunch. And I believe he was smiling when he said, we're going to give you a gift called the Holy Spirit. I want to look at a few facets of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Number one, um, supernatural prayer power. When they came out of that upper room, they were speaking in tongues. Um, Acts chapter one and verse number eight um, says, you shall receive power in the words of Jesus. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Amplified says you shall receive ability, efficiency, and might. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul said, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in the understanding also. I will sing in the Spirit, and I'll sing in the understanding also. Prayer power, Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 and 27. He says, he, Paul says, when you don't know how to pray, there's a weakness. We don't know how to pray. The Holy Ghost will come alongside. And he'll pray through us in powerful ways, always in the will of God. I want you to know when we have prayer power, we can move mountains, if you please. A few weeks ago, we were, we were getting our house ready to sell. We have a house in that we'd rented out for several years and we decided it was ready to sell it. And so uh, we uh, we did everything that we could. We worked 12-hour days painting and cleaning and fixing and getting it ready to sell. And then Cheryl said, and, and she bless her heart, she comes up with a really neat, powerful idea. And she said, you know what? We've worked a lot physically. Now let's work spiritually. Let's take a day and fast and pray, just all day fast and pray so that we can sell that house. Well, while we were praying, we got a call from a real estate agent who, to make a long story short, he offered us a deal that you wouldn't believe. My daughter is a real estate agent in uh, uh Michigan. And, uh, and and she said, I have never heard of a deal like that. And he himself said, I've never done this, but I'm going to do it for you guys. And so he offered us a deal. We put it on MLS, and in four days, it sold for full price, if you please. <clears throat> You see, we need, we need to we need to work all that we can, do everything we can, and then we need to pray, like it all depends on God, because it really does all depend on God. And God gives us a prayer language when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and we pray. If you please, with. Power, receive ability, efficiency, and might. Someone said Jesus puts the super in my natural. I can pray in the natural, yeah, I can do things, but Jesus puts a super in my natural. Number two, spirit empowered praise and worship. When they came out of that upper room, they were praising God. Acts two eleven. In Acts ten forty six, at the house of Cornelius, they were praising God as they received the baptism. in the Holy Spirit I want to tell you something friends if you're full of the Holy Ghost it's not hard for you to praise God it's not hard for you to get your hands up there it's not hard for you to let it out and praise with all of your might the Holy Spirit will help you to do that number three supernatural power and boldness Acts four thirty-one. the Bible says they went back to the upper room and they got refilled with the Holy Ghost. And they preached the Word of God with boldness. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience. It's something that we need to do daily. We need to get a fresh oil. Psalm 92.10 says, I will be anointed with fresh oil. Ephesians 5.18 says, be being filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you have the baptism in the Spirit and you speak in other tongues and you praise God, I want to tell something every day, every day ought to be a new Pentecost for you. Every day when you get up in the morning, say, Lord, I need a fresh oil anointing in my life today. And they had a fresh oil anointing in their life, and it gave them boldness, if you please. Years ago, we were at a a, a music fest, Rock. rock festival. Sort of like in Europe, it's, it's sort of like the, the Woodstock of Europe. They had 100,000 young people. And what had happened is uh, had, uh, the city fathers made a deal that if you use this valley… Yeah, we want a Sunday morning Pentecost Sunday morning service. We want the rights to have a Pentecost service, and they had a good heart and they wanted to speak to those young people on that Sunday morning. Well, they invited us along, and so we formed a uh, a, a caravan of several vehicles, so we were on the end of that caravan with an old bread truck. We had two pallet loads of tracks in that bed for truck, and about twenty young people and so so they went through the gates, they went through the gates, they went through the gates, and then it came our time to go through the gates, and they said, no way you're going to go, you just got trying to get free admission. And so we argued with them for a little while, and it wasn't doing any good. Now these guys were hell's angels, and they had brass knuckles, and they had chains, and big guys, they had hair on their chests, and we don't have any of that. So anyway, so <laughs> here we were. We were trying to argue with them. All of a sudden the power of God came on our lives, and Cheryl and I jumped out of that old bread truck, and we grabbed a hold of these guys, and we began to speak in tongues. I don't know what we were saying. You know, in Europe, you speak a lot of different languages. I don't know what we were saying, but you know what? Those guys backed off, and they said, go on. (laughs) And <laughs> so we did well we got there just in time to see the taillights of the priests and the ministers and the people who wanted to hold that service they told them you are not going to hold a service they were not going to keep their word and those guys took off well we weren't quite easily that dissuaded and so we go up to the platform this thing was about 30 feet high and and there were speakers out all in the valley there was a haze of pot smoke all through that valley and so we went up there and we got in a circle 20 some odd young people and ourselves and we began to pray in the Holy Ghost Well, we were not going to leave, and we were praying in the spirit. And so the guy very sarcastically said, well, we'll see. We'll turn on the mic, and we'll see if they want you to speak. And so they turned on the mic, took about five minutes to warm everything up. And they said, we got some Jesus people here, and uh, do you want them to speak this morning? And there was a roar of affirmation that went up from the crowd and so they had to let us speak and we began to preach all that day we went from tent to tent to tent in that squalor it had rained that night these people were out of their mind on drugs immorality and everything and we went from tent to tent we used our bread truck as we call it a deliverance wagon we prayed for people that became an altar in the midst of that mess I want to tell you something we have power in the Holy Spirit who supernatural joy. Number four I'm moving right along. Acts chapter 13 verse 52 Paul and Barnabas got kicked out of Antioch but the Bible says that they were full of the Holy Spirit and joy. They were full of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, you can have the joy of the Lord that is your strength. You can have a joy welling up within you regardless of of the situation if you please. I want to read Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 17 and 18 because it amplifies what I'm talking about. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes in the vines, even though the olive crop fails, and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields, and the cattle barns are empty, yet Will I rejoice in the Lord? I will be joyful in the God of my salvation, if you please. You can have joy in the midst of sorrow. That Holy Spirit anointing, Isaiah 10:27 says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Isaiah 59 and 19 that says in the Amplified, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight, for he will come like a rushing mighty stream, which the breath of the Lord drives, if you please. 1974, I was given six months to live. I had terminal cancer. I had gone through all of the tests, and I went to get the results. My wife and I were sick, Sitting there, and Dr. Ohl, who was the head doctor in Heidelberg, Germany Hospital, he said, You've got six months to live. And he showed me where all the cancer was um, via the X ray. Um, and he said, get your, get your things in order. And somehow something welled up within me. Um, and I said, Doctor, I said, Document it all. Write it all down because I believe God's going to heal me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he documented it, and we have that today. We got all the X-ray. He documented it all, and on the bottom he wrote, "Either the patient is in denial, or he just doesn't understand what's going on." <laughs> well, here we are, over 40 years later. I'm 76 now. Exhibit A. Exhibit A. There was a power welling up within me. A boldness, if you please, in the Holy Ghost. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise a standard uh, against him. Uh, Divine wisdom, John 14, 26. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Uh, A few weeks ago, Pastor's father preached a powerful message uh, on God's idea god's idea and he, and he quoted uh ephesians 320 um, that god will give us more than we can ask or think more than we can imagine um, if we think here uh, god thinks up there in the stratosphere somewhere <laughs> uh, and listen we, we we don't have to go down dead end streets we don't have to be confused God is not the author of the confusion the Bible says but the giver of peace we can know we can hear, We can look back Cheryl and I can look back on 53 years of marriage and ministry and we, we don't have to look back with a lot of remorse we don't have to look back with sorrow we can look back on victory after victory because the Holy Spirit will absolutely show us the way to go. Uh, years ago, when I got out of the Navy, we bought a, uh, a piece of land in Oklahoma. And uh, you know, land in Oklahoma is worthless if you don't have water. And so we started drilling. I bought an old old drilling rig. It was an old dilapidated thing. And it had a, a huge a bit, about a thousand pounds. And what it would do is, is just lift this thing up and drop it and pulverize the rock down there and just drop And so uh, I drilled Uh, One hole, it was dry. I drilled another hole and I dynamited it, and it was dry, dusty, dry. And and I drilled another one, three dry holes. And we about that time we were getting desperate. And then my wife said, "Well, we need to pray about this." And uh, uh, you know, at that time, uh, prayer was not my my first option; it was my last resort. Well, we were there; it was my last resort. And so we prayed about it. And my wife said. Uh, Right here. It was only seven feet from the dry hole that I had uh, dug. And so I, I, I said, oh, okay. So I started going down. And about 20 feet down, water started coming in. Um, I drilled it all the way down to 90 feet to have a reserve. But I want to tell you something. I never could run that well dry. Um, I dropped a submersible pump down in there. We had a huge garden I could never do. You see, God not only knows um, every dynamic in our life. He knows what's under the surface, if you please. He knows where the water is. And if your life is is is, is has dry holes in it, um, disappointment in it, uh, frustration in it, Um, turn to the Holy Spirit. Um, He will lead you into all truth. Uh, He will set you free if you please. Uh, Divine wisdom. I want you to stand with me and uh, when the musicians come, um, I want you to stand with me. Um, I'm talking about hosting the Holy Spirit. Hosting the Holy Spirit. Um, And I won't hold you tonight, because I know that you have things to do and kids to pick up and and all these things but I'd like for you to stay for one song just one song if if you would and during that song I would like to challenge you to make a commitment to create your own upper room create your own upper room make time for God wait upon the Lord Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and put His finger on some areas of your life that you need to get straightened up and cleaned up. Someone said the first name of the Holy Spirit is Holy. And the Holy Spirit will put His finger on some areas. And He wants us to move into a deeper walk with the Lord. And I want you to make a commitment. and Say, Lord, I am going to create my upper room. And I'm going to host the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to enjoy the benefits of hosting the Holy Spirit in every area, every dynamic of my life is going to be touched by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. After they're through with us first song, you're free to go and let the Holy Spirit guide you as you do that. God bless you.